Hello and welcome to Boxcutters episode 204, Incongruent Triangles. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Oh, hey. Also, Canal, can I just say, happy Doctor Who Day. Oh, thank you. What? Well, just, just today, when we're actually recording this, probably not when you're listening, it's, it's Monday 23rd November 2009. That is, of course, officially Doctor Who Day, commemorating the 46th birthday of Doctor Who. What do you mean, of course, officially? Which, I've never, ever heard... In 46 years, I've never I mean, heard I, I, of Doctor I, Who Day. Yeah, so Doctor Who Day, 23rd November, it, it, it's the anniversary start of Doctor Who, um, that famously started the day after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Coincidence. And uh, I, was, I did get an email no. today. I got an email today saying, um, yeah, that, that they do feel Doctor Who Day has got a bit too commercialised. Um, <laughs> da- David Ashton, who's been a guest on, sent me a little message mm-hmm. saying, you know, it just seems now that it's, it's two months before Doctor Who Day, all the, all the decorations go up, and it's just got commercial, and people <laughs> buying gifts that others don't want. And, and have, we, have we forgotten that this was the day that John F. Kennedy was killed for our sins? And also, I, I just and my people don't believe in that. <laughs> yeah, your people never join in with Doctor Who Day. No. Oh no, we like Star Trek. Oh, it's all about Star Trek. Oh, oh, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because Gene Roddenberry invented the dreidel. He did. He did. And, the, uh, the space dreidel. <laughs> the, spa- the space dreidel, which was just like a regular dreidel, only miniature and put on a black screen. <laughs> So, and uh, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters <laughs> episode 200 and four. What? So, oh, no. So just to all our listeners and, and to you two here in the studio, happy Doctor Who Day. Happy Doctor Who Day. Or, uh, if you're listening to this later on in the week, happy fifth day of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, plus. Doctor Who Day plus yeah. four. On whatever. the fifth day of Doctor Who, my true love gave to me... <laughs> Another freaking female companion. <laughs> Up with them. That, that, is, that is a terrible Doctor Who carol, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Why can't <laughs> I get rid of Billy Piper? She keeps leaving and then she comes back. <laughs> then she comes back. Oh, tears again. Oh, she's going. Oh, it's the final time ever. Oh, no, she's back. <laughs> I oh, do... I'll never see you in another universe. I can't possibly see you. Oh, she's back. I do like that bit that goes, A robot canine. <laughs> that's, that's my favourite bit of, uh, of the 12 days of Doctor Who. <laughs> Oh, on this week's episode of Box Cutters, it's uh, it's not going to get better than that. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. We've uh, can I point out this, this week's episode is actually just last week's episode that we sh- didn't get to do. No, I wish you didn't. <laughs> I wish you didn't point That's that not, out. We did get to do news. We got to do news. Josh hadn't killed Edward Woodward last week. Last week. I, well, thanks for ruining my first news item as well. It was going to be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that I actually did kill Edward Woodward. Mm. I mean, like, I, I think I mentioned Edward Woodward at one one time. And that's enough now. In the last that's four years. Yeah, that's R- Really? Enough. Just yeah. once. Just, just once in four just years. Just once ever on Box yep. Cutters. Yep, that's wow. it. Wow. I think if Scientology can call themselves a religion, we can <laughs> count that against your name, Josh Canal. Right, right. So, well, uh, just watch out, Carol Channing. So anyway, Josh, what's on last week's show? <laughs> on last week's show, we're going to review uh, Bored to Death. And so we're going to do that again this week. Also, last week we were going to have a crap TV that, strangely, is still relevant this week. Uh, we've got some letters that we received a couple of weeks ago. Finally, we're getting a chance to read them out. Uh, we've uh, we, we've got uh, if you watch one thing. Of course, Brett had his one thing last week. So, John, this is just you and me. Oh, what this week? 
Yeah, because remember last week when I said there's not enough time to do one thing, and then you went, "What? Not even enough time to mention blah blah blah." <laughs> and uh, and and so you you said your one thing. And uh huh. And uh, well, don't say it this week because it was last week. No, that's why I'm saying it now rather than in the one thing segment. Yeah, but you don't get a one thing this week because you mm. got one last week, and it's only things that we couldn't fit into the show last week. I'll fix it in post. Oh, right. It's going to be magic. Yeah, yeah. The day you want to edit something. I've <laughs> <laughs> oh, got some pork. Uh, we are going to kick things off, though, with the box cutters news. You might remember him as Callan. You might remember him as the Equalizer. You might remember him as Breaker Morant. Or you might remember him as the cop from The Wicker Man. Was he Breaker Morant? Or wasn't he one of the judges in, on the, the Yeah, the I, I'm thinking he wasn't Morant. He was the... Who, who was? I've never seen it. It's a great film. Really? It's really good. I've, I've never seen it because I've never had to go through the citizenship test because I was born here. Is that one of the citizenship so, test questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who did Edward Woodward play Who in Breaking Morant? Who did Edward Woodward play in, Ed, uh, in, in Breaking Morant? And what country was he was he from? And if you answer Australia, you get shipped off back I, to uh, where, wherever it was you were from. Anyway. Uh, I, I, know, <laughs> I, I know him from Dreadful Tell albums. He didn't mention that. He oh. did a whole bunch of those, you know, Edward Woodward sings the Danny Boy kind of things. And, yeah. he, and he often did these um, spoken word bits explaining... Why he'd chosen these songs? They're actually, they're, they're they're well worth. Have you, very have, you have you got have you got, got one of those? No, but I'm sure I can through the magic of the internet. Uh, that that's that's on my list now. I'm going to go and try and look for yes, one. Please do because mm. I would love nothing more very than, than listening to that. Uh, the Equalizer was a, a huge show when uh, I, I was uh, probably a young teenager or, or getting into my teens. It was an excellent bit of. Uh, kind of cop drama but it was really dark and sinister also it felt at the time and uh, he was this English man in America just going around and making things equal which was first that or Remington Steel because they were both kind of Englishmen in the States doing special like private detective-esque A-team-esque well no because the Equalizer was on Channel 7 and Remington Steel was on Channel 9 so they're, they're not a- even on the same timeline. It's funny, though, that I think of The Equalizer as being still quite contemporary, I guess because it was gritty, whereas Remington Steel seems very much you know, off its time. I mean, I'm sure I've watched The Equalizer now. So just be because seen. of Stephanie Zimbalist Jr.'s hair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks. Uh... <laughs> it's funny, just those words, Stephanie Zimbalist Jr., all at once, going, wow, <gasps> it's like a time machine. Concord 79 was on yesterday with, with uh, the Hart, Jonathan Hart as the baddie. That film's amazing because the plane keeps taking off and landing completely safely. It's the only <laughs> plane disaster movie where no disaster takes place on a plane because they couldn't, they weren't allowed to. In order to use Concord, they had to sign a deal saying that it was all right for Concord to be completely intact from beginning to end of the movie. <laughs> Remington Steel was 1982, and The Equalizer was 1985. Yeah. Also, though, uh, and, and this uh, this has not been... Ben Hart to Hart? 1979. Now, now I've got to look it up. <laughs> Keep talking about crap. Yeah, I thought you had some news. I thought but you were doing was, some dead so people. Young looking in there. Nineteen seventy nine. Really? So, yeah. so the same the same year that that uh, Jonathan Hart was blowing up the Concorde <laughs> with his little spy drones. Yep. 
He was also, <laughs> he was also Jonathan Hart. So it, it was Moida. I'm, I'm all worried that Josh is so thrilled that he can accurately <laughs> tell us when Hart to Hart started. That's your special mutant power. That, that is actually <laughs> that is actually my, my special power. I was uh, uh, I, I, I was sitting at home and uh, uh, the conversation came up of uh, there was a there was a Jeopardy question uh, that was about ET mm. and M and M's. And uh, and I replied, oh well, that the the answer to that question's uh, wrong because uh, it was M and M's in the original screenplay, but Reese's Pieces in the in the, in, in the film, or uh, yeah, yeah, M and M's or Reese's Pieces in the film. Uh, and it was, it was how, how do you know that? It's, this is the shit that sticks in my head, John. It's <laughs> quite no, curious. Breath, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Heart think, to heart, 1979. I think I read the book from the film before I went and saw the film, and it was definitely Eminem's in that. Right, because... So was that directly from the screenplay? I did exactly the same thing. The, the, the adaptation... So by it. The, no, the novelization <laughs> was based on the original screenplay, but then they couldn't get the rights to Eminem's Mars, didn't want to be a part of... Uh, Spooky of, aliens of of ET, and so they went to Hershey's and got Reese's Pieces uh, in there, and uh, and the rest is is history. Still, they were playing D and D. Also, there's uh, so much more depth in the novel, though you can't really get it out in the film. Also, in uh, characterization in, and the, you know, <laughs> the motivations for the characters, I think it's a lot. So, so go on. Novelization, not novel, <laughs> but novelization. You get all that Neil Diamond goodness in the movie. Turn on your heart. I don't think that's that's not even in the film. <laughs> yeah, it is. End credits. You're the end credits. <laughs> Surprisingly, though, and, and this came as, as quite a shock to me uh, when I saw this in the news, uh, Ken Ober, who was the host of an MTV game show called Remote Control. Uh, in his basement? Yes. <gasps> no. Ken Ober passed away this uh, week from unknown causes. He was 52 years old. Uh, he also went on and did uh, some uh, uh, some production. He won something in uh, in Star Search. Uh he, uh, yeah, I, he, he's really, he, he just died. And no, no one seems to know why at this stage. Uh, remote control, for, for those of you unaware, John. Yeah. Uh, was a, a game show that MTV had. This is before, when MTV. How, how do you guys know this Because show? it was played on, okay, when MTV was just a TV show on, on Australian Channel television. Yeah. On Channel 9, hosted by Richard Wilkins. Big Dick Wilkins. On Thursday nights, they used to have remote control as oh, part of their... I wasn't uh, aware it was ever played here. So I was, yeah, it was, right. it was and, and I used to watch it religiously. Because I, I did watch a clip on, online today, having read that Canova was dead, and I kind of went, wow, that show kind of sucks. I don't know why that was considered so heartwarming to people. Maybe it was a bad clip that I saw. It just looked dull. Uh, it was, well, it was a game show about television. Mm-hmm. So it instantly appealed to me, much like uh, the Richard Stubbs short-lived vehicle, the great TV game show. I think actually I quite like that one. <laughs> I, I liked them both. I, uh, I, I watched them both. Uh, and Remote Control, though, was the first one that I ever saw, and it was, uh, I thought, astounding that people could actually win stuff because they knew things about television. I thought, ah, I found my calling. My dream has come true. <laughs> Well, from death and television to the death of television. Oh. The biggest news this week, much bigger than those dead people. Oprah Winfrey is quitting. Yes, yes, Oprah Winfrey is quitting. When I went to get the details today. Not this week. No, well, no, just generally. She, she announced it in stages, though. It was quite amazing. She sort of announced on another program that she would be quitting and would be telling people on her program that Friday why she was quitting. And she's not actually quitting until 2011. 
So it's giving plenty of time for people to yeah, find everything. And that's the, uh, th- that's the required two years' notice. <laughs> for her, yes, for her own it's production kind of, company. It's kind of the reverse rove. It is, it, well, it actually is a bit, isn't it? That she yeah. kind of gave lots of time. There's a, there's a lot of things about Oprah and Rove that make them the reverse of each other. Yeah. It's, one's matter, the other one's antimatter. <laughs> <laughs> but this is about, I think actually this is quite a major story, so because Winfrey's show, it's been going for 25 years. It's aired, it airs in 145 countries worldwide. And weirdly, there's actually only about 120 countries in the world. She's invented some countries <laughs> just to play her show in. Um, she, she's invented countries and then put a sticker on them, yeah. as seen on Oprah. Oprah. Uh, 42 million viewers a week in the US alone. And... It's just, yeah, there is talk that she's taken her own uh, television station. More people in the US watch Oprah than there are people in Australia. Yeah, every week. Isn't that alarming? Yes, it is. And she can do stuff. Like, yeah, she, made, she makes books into bestsellers. She, um, when I was looking for information about this, one of the things that popped up was actually a Nigerian newspaper that was talking about the Nigerian people that she's made famous, like uh, various writers who she promoted their book and suddenly it's a bestseller and all oh, this and stuff. The, and the son of the former prince of Nigeria. Yeah, she um, apparently looked up for some money from her. I, I don't yeah. understand how that really worked. But she's <laughs> going to be setting up uh, her, own show, her own station with uh, Discovery in, uh, in 2011 called Own. Own. The Oprah Winfrey Network. She's, I, she is, she's also going to have her face on every cover of OWN. I don't know how she's going to do that, but she is. And I also have this fascinating thing from uh, Bruce Edward from the Hollywood Sentinel with his opinion about why Oprah's finished, but it's so mad I think I might save it for Paul because it's just nuts. <laughs> Excellent. Now, um, after, uh, I guess, having a look at what was going on in the UK, uh, Kim Williams, who's the chief executive of Foxtel here in Australia, has uh, started to... Uh, suggest that Foxtel and other uh, private production organs should be getting some of the money that uh, is given to the ABC for its funding for uh, creating public broadcasting. Hang on, I got lost. Who wants the money that's given to the ABC? Kim Williams. Kim Williams. Foxtel CEO. So Foxtel, a private company, thinks it should be given some of the money that's given to a public broadcaster. Yes, yes. Why? And and this is not as part of uh, the licence fee that every household uh, pays in this country because we don't have the licence fee. So it's all directly uh, funded by the government uh, out of taxpayers' money. Why does he think he should get that money? Uh, Just because he reckons. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, probably because his um, his his name's Kim, and then the head of the ABC, his name's also Kim Dalton. Yeah, mm. actually, not the head. Head of ABC TV. Okay. Thank you. Yes, not the head of the ABC though. I didn't say the head of the ABC, did I? Let's go to the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Head of ABC TV, Kim Dalton. See? Kim Williams has argued that the federal government should allow private companies to compete with the ABC for the funding of some public broadcasting as part of broader changes to media and telecommunications regulation, um, which is pretty freaking idiotic. Yeah, none of that makes sense. It's like uh, the ABC does a certain thing, Fox tells us something else. Absolutely not. Uh, Guys, completely out of order. Second, second most deserving person to have their job taken away from them in this country. Right? Who, who is who, who is the, the Kim, Kim Dalton? Dalton? He's the head of ABC TV. Yeah. Uh, next on this is this Chuck to return. I've just realised that actually is that's the story. Chuck is returning. 
Oh, good. It yeah. was always returning. Well, it, well, it, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, we, we, as we reported no, endlessly. But, yes. but it's I- imminently? Imminently, yes. Not it, much. Sandwiches do star as, as all the lead characters now. <laughs> it, the, the, it is airing, uh, the first episode will premiere on the 10th of January 2010, which is oh. apparently two months earlier than they were originally sort of expecting. It's still two months from now. But it's still, it's two months earlier. Um, and they've also added six more episodes to the order. So it was originally 13 episodes. It's now going to be 19, which is a weird number, but that's what it is. And the creators have actually, curiously, the creators have said that because of the 13 they built a, an arc into, they're not putting those six earlier. They're going to put them on the end with apparently another arc that comes off the Oh, which is what Heroes did that one year and it just ruined everything. It does sound like a dreadful idea, but they seem quite confident they they know how it's going to work. So 19 new episodes of Chuck starting in January. Excellent. And uh, I've got a a story here about a Japanese uh, network called uh, TV Asahi, which may or may not be related to beer. I don't know. Uh, They're getting together a, a new Flash video player that has higher uh, security rights management on it. So uh, they're, they're working out a way to stream Flash content mm. and making it even more Not copyright protected. plugins that can download that what, content. Why do I care? What, what's the point of this? It's just the it's, you don't because care because you don't care about technology. Luddite. I just want to know where you're going with it. What, 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 oh, but, what, what's it do? What's it mean? Well, uh, in in a, a time when we're looking at how uh, networks are losing their value and how things are going increasingly more and more online and how the uh, very nature of things online, especially television shows, is to be free and widely available, the Japanese are, uh, for scientific purposes... Doing a, 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 new, <laughs> a new Flash player that's uh, that's going to restrict that even further. So you say it has more security or less security? More, more, more security. Okay, but isn't that good then that the TV stations can put their their shows up and and we all get to watch more TV shows and they have more protection? Uh, yeah, except the, the the last time someone tried this, uh, it uh, resulted in in a lot of bad stuff going on people's computers. Uh, often required new software downloads that uh, that restricted other things that were on people's computers. And uh, I, I'm thinking particularly of something that Sony did. And Sony are Japanese. And I'm just thinking that, that maybe I will tar them all with the same brush. Okay. Fine. And in fact, what Sony did by forcing people to use their player on their uh, CDs uh, was to open up an avenue that uh, would give hackers free reign over the systems uh, that it was installed on by naming any file that they used, uh, beginning with a dollar sign. Uh, it, that, that file would then become invisible to the system. The system would not be able to see it. It was uh, a cloaking device, so it could run. And uh, basically virus writers would be able to, to set up anything that would uh, then just be a massive intrusion on anybody that had uh, loaded up that player. So Josh, you're saying Japan hates noticed, democracy. Uh, that's, I, I'm saying, I'm saying if, if Japan hates democracy so much, why don't they just join up with Kim Jong-il? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Brett. The federal. <laughs> Shock horror, Brett! Australia's Communication Minister Stephen Conroy has declared 
that local that he content doesn't know what he's talking about. Rules will not apply to TV digital multi channels um, such as Go and Seven Two and uh, One. Why? Yeah, why? Oh, and that's, no, that's the new channel from... Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite good, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Why? It plays nothing but the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, it plays 78 episodes a day, which mathematically doesn't even make sense. Like, they overlap them. <laughs> it's, it's a mix-up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mix-up. It's a, montage. Of, yeah, it's nice. Conroe like was speaking at the Screen Producers Association of Australia conference... Uh, Two producers and said that the technical and economic challenge of launching new channels uh, meant that the requirements were inappropriate. But he's saying no requirements at all. No, no, not no. like going. They're not yeah, required so to, we're to play to a single minute no. of Australian okay. content. Not that's, a second. That's just giving up, isn't it? Really, that's just giving in. Yeah. So essentially. You need to do this in order to maintain your license, but all those other things that you need to do in order to maintain your license, we're just going to waive those. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just? Why doesn't he just say? And also, you can just make the entire thing advertising. Yeah, it doesn't. Once you start throwing mm. some of it out, you're going to end up. I suspect that uh, he wants he wants the networks to get on board and uh, actually put some decent content onto those uh, alternate channels, um, and it's as a strategy. Uh, so that when it comes to 2013, when they turn off the analog signal, everybody will have been uh, will have had enough incentive to actually go out and get themselves a digital TV or a digital set top box, and uh, are fully prepared for the loss of the analog signal. And that's the remember, minds are right. Remember back a, a couple of weeks ago when uh, the head of Freeview, one uh, Mr. Timothy Dalton, <laughs> who was also my favourite James Bond, uh, he. Uh, <laughs> He he was saying that online content, online content, is going to completely destroy the Australian television industry because people will not be buying Australian work to show in online content because yeah. they won't have to. Because yeah, yeah. This is he's getting in front of that. He's beating that. He's saying, well, online content. Ha! I'll destroy Australian content first. Oh. <laughs> There'll right. be no Australian content for you to destroy when I'm done. So, so the reason, <laughs> so the reason we couldn't work out what the hell he was saying is is because he just uh, he just wanted to get there first. Mm. Also, he's a supervillain, right? So, do you think uh, there's there's some uh, concert of action between uh, Stephen Conroy and Timothy Dalton? That perhaps they've they've had a word to each well, other. Freeview being, do you think they get on the phone and say, "Hey, uh, Free, Freeview above and beyond being a sticker is also a lobby group, mm. and lobby groups do tend to lobby politicians." Stephen Conroy is a politician. Even even more than that, he's a politician in the position of communications minister, and his portfolio oversees, amongst other things, television. So. He's the appropriate politician to lobby. If you were the head of a lobby group you, in charge of television... Mm-hmm. And stickers. And stickers, you would... Which is also another form of communication. Mm. You would target Stephen Conroy and whinge at him until he gave in. Mm. So, from this, we get that Kimberly Dalton <laughs> is a supervillain. Yeah. And Stephen, Stephen Conroy, Conroy is, is the minister spineless. for stickers. Oh, spineless minister for stickers. Okay, 
And that is the Boxcutters News. I like that one. That's very exciting. Bored to Death is... Uh, you, you always like that one. It, it's like, I? Yeah, I didn't remember that one. It, it, it nice. surprises you every time. Doesn't it surprises it? me every time that you like it, because most of the time you go, oh my God, what, they're coming weird. for us. They're yeah. coming for us. No, that one's happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you like that one. Yeah. Uh, Bored to Death is a show. That stars Jason Schwartzman as Jonathan Ames. Jonathan Ames is the name of a writer in real life who wrote a short story called Bored to Death about a character called Jonathan Ames who is uh, so bored and lost in his life that he starts to uh, become an unlicensed private detective. This television show is the adaptation of that short story. Make, are you following that's, so that's far? That's even more Charlie Kaufman than, yeah. adaptation than, than I had thought already. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Jason Schwartzman plays Jonathan Ames, the character, which is in some ways based on Jonathan Ames, the creator and writer, but is not exactly Jonathan Ames. Right? Mm. You got that so far. Mm-hmm. Zach Galifianakis, who seems to be everywhere and... Excellent, constantly excellent, uh, plays his best friend, Ray Houston, who is a uh, comic book artist and, uh, and also writes uh, cartoon, or draws cartoons for various magazines. Yeah. Uh, Jason, sorry, Jonathan Ames also writes a column for a magazine that is run by George Christopher, played by Ted Danson. These three gentlemen are the holy trinity of male screw-ups they're all in some situation in their lives that they're desperate to get out of uh in order to find wholeness and uh and and bored to death is their journey of discovery it's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants but with marijuana Okay. I never saw Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. Oh, you missed out, Brad. And I, I, I was discussing it with somebody uh, just the other day. It's these magical genes. It, it like it's, the... it's magical genes. Oh, so it's not no, no, the English no, no, meaning no, of no, pants. Don't, yeah, don't, no? don't, don't tell us what it's about. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm, taking, magical. I'm taking your key on this show then? You, you're, you're... I, I love it. I, I, really, I really enjoy it. It's, it's quite low-key and it's kind of uh, quirky without trying to be quirky, which is probably... The worst kind of quirkiness is when they go, oh, it's quirky. No, this is just kind of a, a low-key and a little bit left of centre. Uh, the the character of, uh, of Jonathan Ames is this uh, just a horrendously soul-searching, wet male, uh, just, just finding it so difficult to exist in the world. Uh, and, then, and then that is mirrored, like d- different parts of that are mirrored with these two people who are essentially his, his two best friends, his editor and, uh, and, and this cartoonist. Uh, the cartoonist is stuck in a, a sexless relationship uh, where he clearly, they clearly love each other, but, uh, but his girlfriend just d- does not want to have sex with him, which is annoying. Uh, Jonathan Ames has been uh, recently dumped by his girlfriend and thinks that he needs her in order to feel whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, 
Ted Danson's character, the, the editor, is just looking for everything under every rock, something that is going to complete him. So, when I watched this, and, and yeah, we watched, uh, watched three episodes last week, and I didn't, no, I know that I sort of liked nor hated it when I was watching it. I was like, nah. Then I went and read my notes, and they are all unrelentingly negative. <laughs> like really? they are. And, and now that I've spent an hour trying to decode what the hell I've actually written <laughs> here, because this was for a week ago, and, you know, my brain doesn't remember. <laughs> and, and, and they all just read like, the main thing, I mean, I've got other points, but the main thing which I, I really have to bring up, and I think coming off what you've just said, this show hates women. This is one of the most misogynistic shows I have seen in such a long time. And I was quite shocked how much this show hated women. First episode, which is called Stockholm Syndrome, and does involve a scene in which a woman is tied to a bed against her will while two men talk about what they should do with her, because that's hilarious. That I kind of went, look, maybe, maybe this will be excusable by episode two. Maybe, 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 maybe it will. That's not what they do. Sorry? That's not what they do. Yeah. They don't, they don't talk about what they should do with the woman. Yeah, he's kind of trying to, to talk to the, the guy who's tied to the bed that maybe he should let her go. And he's going, oh, but if I keep her tied up for long enough, she'll love me. And it's, it's a really, really creepy... He does, but but... And the Jonathan Ames character is sort of trying to talk him into letting her go. But it's, it's entirely about the two men discussing this woman. The woman has no say in what's going on whatsoever. And this is a theme for all three episodes, which got creepier and creepier. Women are one of two things. They're either really stupid or they're, they're shrewish, controlling bitches. That's the only two female types in this, except maybe for Ames's magical girlfriend who was dumped him at the beginning, who's presented as a, a, a paragon of virtue and beauty. And, um, and as the episodes go on, by the third episode, which I did put here, crushing predictability of plot, in which a, a girl turns out to be underage and he leaves a script behind. He has to get it from her dad's house. The, the actual female character in that is shipped off to Connecticut. Like, she's so irrelevant to the plot. She's only there to get Ames talking to her dad. Again, it's like the woman only serves this purpose of getting two men talking. And every episode did that. The women were so extraneous to this show in a... A, a, a bizarrely offensive manner to the point where the only character who turned up who wasn't completely shrewish bitch or, or stupid in the third episode has to wander around in a topless shot which is filmed in in a bizarrely gratuitous way where ted danson who is fully clothed is revealed to have been sleeping with her she's nude he's fully clothed i think and, and I, I very rarely say this i think you're missing something from it Mm. The misogyny is hilarious. Uh, no, that it's not actually uh, th- that it's not actually misogynist because it's not actually it- it's not actually about the women at all. Yeah, but that's but it's not about them to such a degree that it, it dispenses and disposes of them. It's like it brings them in as plot points and then dumps them. It has no interest in these women to a degree that is quite alarming because the story is about how fucked up the men are. That's yeah. that's I mean I mean that's 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 what I get out of it that that their their big problem is that this is how they see women right so it's not that the show is is misogynist. Oh, that's the nice I, I don't canal. think so. I that's, don't think so because so the, because the show the show if, you, if you flip because the, the show well well where where do you draw where do you draw that line then where do you draw the line between something that a character thinks. And uh, and something that the show itself r- represents. Now, I, I can say to you, Martin Scorsese's film Casino, mm-hmm. that's a misogynistic film because women are completely irrelevant in in the entire plot, even though they uh, 
they seem to be somehow instrumental, but they are they are only our downfall. But is that not exactly what we've got with Bored to Death? No, because Casino is about making money, mm-hmm. right? Casino is not about uh, men who are trying to find uh, w- w- their part in the world. The, it's it's not about men who are trying to work out what a relationship actually means. And uh, every time that we see women in Bored to Death, it is it is about that. It is about them trying to work out what their relationship to women is and how it comes about and and what they actually need to survive. So the the whole time, Jonathan Ames is trying to spend his time uh, learning how to live by himself. But he doesn't want to live by himself. He wants to live with a woman. What does that mean to him? But is it necessary then for the woman who hires him in the first episode to be so stupid? Is it necessary for uh, Zach Kalifianakis's girlfriend to be such a dippy, airy hippie? Like, uh, Do those characters have to be presented in quite such a dismissively... See, I don't, I don't. I don't find her a, a, a dippy hippie. I find her a, a, a distracted mother of two. That she's she she is she's a, a mother who has two children, and uh, she is looking after those children, so can't tend to this baby man's mm-hmm. every need. I, I don't. I don't see that she's. Uh, that, that she's dippy at all. And I, I, say I, that I think this may also go back to the other point here was just about the Jonathan Ames character. That he's so boring. He's such a, a cliched kind of, and which I, I it wouldn't have been quite so bad if one of the other characters hadn't pointed this out in the first thirty seconds of the program. It actually starts off where there are some removalists moving the girlfriend out. Yep, and um, they're they're you know, burly guys, and it turns out they're Jewish removalists. And he says, "Oh, they come. Oh, you know, is it funny? You don't Israelis, about, uh, yeah, Jewish guys being you know the kind of blah blah." And one goes, "God, you're not one of those New York self-hating Jews, are you?" And I thought, "Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? The, the extra here, the minor character has just pointed out the flaw in this show, which is that we've seen this." This is now a cliche. Yeah, and 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 I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I, care I, about him at all. He was just dull. I didn't mind uh, the the best friend. You so, know. so the the Zach Galifianakis character. Yeah, I found mind. that mildly mildly interesting. Didn't kind of get what the Ted Danson character was for. I, I didn't even say he was searching stuff. He seemed quite happy to me. He seemed to have a you know a good life going. I didn't. Yeah. Really? Because he is. Constantly... But he was never emotionally fulfilled like he was with the the uh, previous love that uh, he was always trying to find somebody who he he had similar feelings for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was See, just, I, 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 I think, think that if you if you flip if you flip it over, you could say exactly the same thing about Sex and the City as far as uh, the 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 way it treats men. Yeah. Well, that they're. They're not the central characters, so I don't think. But I don't think that. Like, how do you do a noir piece? And this is, you know, pop fiction detective uh, TV series. Basically, how do you do that without becoming of the fifties? I don't know. I, like I, he's in, he's in his tan trench coat as he's doing mm-hmm. all his cases and and all that sort of stuff. I guess it's a thing though that if you look at something like Sex and the City, you kind of believe these men have a story before and after their appearance on screen. In Bored to Death, you don't believe these women have any before or after. Their entire point for existence is just to make the men do something and they disappear again. They have no character. There is the, no character to them. But the, sh- the show is about, uh, is about him. It's about Jonathan Ames 
trying to become a chivalrous individual at, at a time when women don't really need chivalry anymore. And, uh, and he's trying to work out where he fits in all of that. He thinks that his destiny is to, is to be this knight in shining armor. Uh, and, and his journey is to try and work out that he actually doesn't need to be that. He just needs to be supportive. See, all this stuff you're saying now, that all sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just that that's not at all what I saw in this show. And even back to the fact that, you know, as I was saying last week, I have no idea why the title is on this show. And I think it's a terrible title for a TV show. It's, um, it, it, was, it, it was the title of the short story. Yeah. So when making a TV show, choose another one. That's what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, it's a thing of... of uh, to me, there was no, I didn't even necessarily see how the whole him being an amateur private detective connected to anything else in the, in the show. And I kind of wished it would make its mind up about what we were, what we were watching. But, so I didn't find... But a, a, a private detective is the, uh, is, is the knight of the, uh, of the recent age. Mm-hmm. It, it is the man who goes and saves the day. Well, that's what I mean. The show he was, goes and, was and just rescues that. a damsel. Yeah, if we just had that without the scenes with him going off and writing stuff for Ted Danson, I think it may have been stronger. I just found myself kind of wondering what the point of I mean, any of this was. Potentially this may have uh, been the product of design by committee because there are so many different kind of strands that's following along and, and you've got the three kind of archety- archetypical male characters with Ted Danson, the, the corporate uh, raider kind of kind of guy who makes uh, who uh, rehearses his speeches in front of all of Manhattan because he wants to have an audience that he he can pretend is there. Actually, maybe that is a point. Maybe if it just so, focused on those three, or if it focused on the on the private detective bit, I might have been able to go with it a bit more. But it felt like it, it was just doing a bunch of stuff. It's it's interesting that you say corporate raider though, because. Uh, think about it. He, he does. He's a, man, he's a publishing man editor, ma- magnate, right? Yeah. He, um, but he does. He does remind me of Richard Gere's character in Pretty Woman, which I think is a horribly misogynistic film. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it, it's kind of it's it's that character taken to uh, such a surreal extreme. Uh, and and he really he does not know what to do with his his life. And I think all three of these characters are moments away from suicide. Right. I, I, I really do. I think they, they are so lost and don't know their place in the world. I really I got a lot out of this show. Really, yeah. yeah. Whereas I thought I, I And got, they're all stoners. If you ever wonder what in the company men would look like as a sitcom, this is your chance to find out. That's what I was thinking. Ooh, <laughs> no. No, they don't do that. I, uh, and, and in fact, I, I have I have watched in the company of men with a laugh track, <laughs> genius. And in fact, uh, Zach Galifianakis completely gives up his own personality because because he is so petrified of making the change to actually leave his girlfriend who has left him already because he'll do anything to to hold on to her even though she is becoming more and more ludicrously demanding as far as you've got to go and have colonic irrigation, you've got to go and have therapy, you've got to do years of therapy, and then we can have couples mm-hmm. therapy because you'll know what the language is, that sort of stuff. Like, he, he, he does not... Like, he hates all that. He absolutely detests all of that, and, and that informs some of his uh, illustration for the, for the cartooning. Um, but, like, he, he just doesn't have anything like the courage to be able to take himself out of that situation. It, and if you think about uh, his character and you think about Ted Danson's character as these two extremes of where uh, Jonathan Ames is caught in the middle, 
uh, he has this opportunity for the extreme freedom that Ted Danson has, but is not happy with. Or the opportunity to just be entirely uh, whipped and, uh, and become nothing but submissive, which is what Zach Galifianakis has, but is not happy. Uh, and, and he's kind of torn between those two, those two ends, but doesn't actually want See, I, either I, I, of I those I wish I'd seen scenarios. that show. I wish I could have seen the show through your eyes, Josh Kinnell, because that, that to me sounds mildly interesting. Well, next time, Whereas, next, next time you, you want to watch it, just step inside <laughs> my skull. Can I point out the, the only positive note I found on, the, on this sheet today? Majestic beard. That was uh, the only positive thing I had I, to I say. Was, was, gonna, was Zach, say, Zach Kalfinakis does have the best beard out I'm of the I'm surprised he television. didn't like it because it has a bearded character that's, in it. That's and, the other uh, thing I enjoyed, really, was the right. beard. He, yeah. he does have an excellent it beard. An excellent, excellent beard. If you remember the, uh, the, the great beard that uh, Mark <laughs> Everett from the Eels had around about the time of the uh, Soul Jacker album, it's as full and wonderful a beard. Just very, very impressive. <laughs> I think they're all doing it, though. Like all the Kings of Leon have. That type of yeah, but TV beard though. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't think we've seen this on TV. TV beard, very yeah. rare. Not with that kind of wide, wide not since <laughs> jawbone thing. Not since Grizzly Adams have no. we seen a beard that good on TV. <laughs> That's bored to death. Uh, it's from HBO. No doubt it will be available on DVD shortly, uh, or you can uh, get it the way we got it by finding it on somebody's computer. Cut. That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers. <laughs> I love this show. So a lot of changes have happened with Foxtel mm. recently. Yes. A lot of changes. For, for one, their, uh, their EPG has gone uh, to a much better resolution and uh, and it looks a lot nicer, and and there's some uh, just meaning you can have more stuff on screen at once. Not necessarily, because uh, because it doesn't. You can have different things on screen at once. Oh, it's not it's not uh, blocky and pixely eight bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that. It's just it's a lot clearer than than it was. And I'm sure on an LCD TV, it would just look uh, uh, amazing or an LED TV or you know some some kind of television that I don't have. <laughs> right. I, I'm sure it looks fantastic. However, a while ago, Foxtel promised us, on the EPG, you'll be able to program things up to two weeks in advance. Two weeks in advance. So we were going to have two weeks worth of EPG on the EPG. On the uh, IQ box. Yeah. Via via IQ, we were going to have two weeks worth of electronic programming guide. Because everybody gets IQ now, yeah? Uh... Every, I think everyone who signs up to Foxtel now gets IQ. I don't think you can just buy a digital box anymore. I think you need to get IQ. I'm not sure. I don't know about that. Uh, but the EPG is on, uh, uh, is on the just the, the regular digital box, mm-hmm. uh, and you can set reminders on the regular digital box, but you obviously can't record because there's no hard drive. Yep. But so, so we're supposed to be able to go through time Two weeks in advance, and say, you know what we can't do, Brett, John. What? Guess, guess. You can't go through time. Can't go two weeks in advance. You know how long you can go? Two oh, days. What? One week. You can go one week. You know how long you, you could, could go? You could do it twice. You know how long you could go? Be- no, it doesn't work that way. Oh, it's not. You know how long you could go before they promised us that we would be able to go two weeks in advance? Eight days. One week. So. <laughs> So they, they, they said, oh, yeah, so two weeks. And then for like one week, they did have 
they had a week where we could go two weeks in advance, and then that week kind of caught up with itself, and uh, and now only one week. This is so an old man complaining about not enough benches in the city, isn't it? This is this is the hijack version of no. If they're going to promise, get that. off my lawn. Well, here's here's the thing. I, uh, I I like to do series record on on shows. Oh, I might be interested in that show. I'll do series record on it, mm. and then if I don't like it, I'll delete it later. Right? That's how I like to have my television. Mm-hmm. Some networks don't allow series record. Channel 7. And uh, and so sometimes I need to set things up in advance because I might tape a show, watch it, think, oh, that was good, but then forget to tape it. So I, I want to tape as much as possible while I'm sitting there programming everything, right? I want to have that much control. And yet mm. I can't mm. because they lied to me. And it's not uh, really music, is it? It's just noise. It's just noise. What? what? Sorry, Granddad. Go on. <laughs> young kids. I don't know what he's talking about. The uh, the other thing is uh, is Foxtel have this one of the great functions on uh, on the APG is that you can search for programs alphabetically, right. and uh, and one of the great uh, things in the alphabetical search is just say you go into sport. Uh, then you can uh, you can scroll one way or another and press one of the coloured buttons to uh, uh, to choose the sport that you're interested in. So I know that if I went into sport, you and, press the green button, you're going to get golf and baseball. E- exactly, golf and baseball. If you press the green really? button, yeah, you you scroll right, press the green button, golf and baseball. There's all my baseball viewing, and I just try to you know not look at the golf mm-hmm. for the week. That's great. However, now when you go into the APG and you want to sort by uh, alphabetical order rather than the time that things are on, it says no programs are available. So, so there are no programs to watch on Foxtel if you want to watch them alphabetically. But if you want to watch them chronologically, there's heaps alphabetically. There's nothing. Do you know what's going on with that? Yeah. It's completely nuts. That's and, what's going on. And they've busted it. It's they've, just... They've it's, added a bunch of... It's just shit. That's what's going on. It's shit. It's crap TV. That's what's going on there. What were you going to say, Brett? They have added a bunch it's of... It's shit. <laughs> they've added a bunch of new channels and everybody gets an IQ box and... Uh, they're, they're raving about how much extra they're bringing in, but aren't uh, charges going up quite dramatically? Oh, yeah, charges go up all the time. That's, the, uh, that's, oh, they go up all the time? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, like, like watching the stock market. Uh, only They only ever go up, and yet you know, Kim Williams wants a little bit more money from the government that would come out of ABC. However, their EPG ruins everything. But for that week, like, do they do they have the actual running times of Channel 7 programs, Channel 10 programs, Channel 9 programs after the footy show? Yes, they do. They do? They do. So you That's, can rely on that. That is, that is pretty good. Plus, now they have a uh, an add 20 minutes to the end of your recording button. So it's a one-touch 20 minutes extra mm-hmm. button, which I think But it is... won't clean itself up. You have to do all that manually. Yeah, like a baby. The... Uh... <laughs> It's it's just it's it's just causing me so much hassle on the website. Oh god. 
Haven't we finished? No one cares. No, no one no, cares. No. John, you're you're no confusing. You're confusing. No one caring with you not caring yeah. again. I, su- I suspect again. I'm right though on this one. I, su- I suspect many people have gone. Josh is unhappy no, with a Foxtel. It's, e- it's, e- it's completely e- outrageous that the- Foxtel are advertising that you can get two weeks of EPG and you can't get two weeks of EPG. The uh, the the website. Uh, or one one of the great things one of the great things about having IQ is that you can actually program your IQ via the website. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can say, "Oh, I just heard about this show. Go look it up, find out when it's on, add it to your queue." Tell my machine to do that. Tell my machine to do that. Yep. You can't do series record on that. Oh. So then you have to make a note of the fact that you sent that to your PVR, and then when you're at home with the remote control. Go and search out what it was that you wanted to series record and then find it in the freaking EPG, which it's not going to be there because it's two weeks ahead. You can't do it. It's very frustrating. Crap TV, Foxtel. I got your postman. I have a letter. You read it? You're a godsend. Save you. No, I'm... Postman, the postman, the postman, the postman, the postman. Hey, John. Oh, sorry. Are you done? Can you feel? I just had music going. Oh, right. Nice. Uh, Can you feel, please? Oh, time time for letters. Letters are great. Letters are made up of words. Now, I did uh, mention very briefly last week that uh, there had been some controversy. <laughs> you weren't certain there, were you? <laughs> you got stuck halfway through. I changed my mind halfway through the first yeah. syllable um, about uh, Glee having a character there who is in a wheelchair yes. being acted by an actor who's not in real life in a wheelchair. Yeah, um, which we had some response to. We did, we did, which is actually interesting and, and possibly a fair point. Have you got it there? What was the response? I, I don't have it right in front of me. I thought Josh, by this point, may have had it. Oh, I see. Oh, I wasn't even looking for that one. Ah. Yeah, no, that was it, was it was an interesting point. We we did mention that yes, there's been a controversy uh, going on about um, controversy about that, and I, I was a bit surprised, thinking, well, you know, I kind of would assume any any character in a wheelchair in a TV show is is probably able-bodied actor, but it was pointed out that. Um, there are, of Marley course, Matlin. actors in who have disabilities, uh, who are differently abled, who should be at least able to get the roles for the thing that they have, because, you know, you are cutting yourself out of the market. But, as much as Josh don't... said last week, it's acting. No, uh, John said that. Don't confuse us. I like stuff. You said he just hates everything. Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise. Uh, He's he... the one who rants about acronyms. Oh, go on. Uh, oh, that's, that was another thing. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, Jonathan Ames. Yes. What's his, what, uh, um, Jason Schwartzman. Jason just reminded me so much of Tom Cruise all the time. A lot. He's, he's quite small. He's it, straight brown hair. Just you, I think. Yeah, that was just you totally worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make you sound crazy <laughs> at all. Distracting. The, uh, so it, let's, let's put this hypothetical out there because I think it was uh, Sophie on the blog who, who, who wrote yeah. this. Uh, let's put this out there. If people with that particular disability did audition for the role, mm-hmm. but they were shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, but what was interesting, though, is because you know, I, I am involved with a project at the ABC that does involve a character who's an Aboriginal woman in a wheelchair who has paraplegia. That's why yep. it was interesting this sort of turned up because it hadn't even occurred to me. 
and it, it did so, so that you, that actor, you were being a white horribly actor. racist. No, well, yeah, no. Apart from that, but it did. It did something occur to me that 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 it it probably is at least worth our while to check in case there is some amazing Aboriginal paraplegic actress out there that we haven't considered. Like it would actually make sense to at least ponder because oh, because if someone came back and said, "Why didn't you even see?" You know, if but, not, but maybe surely, one of the Dado brothers. Surely, surely you're uh, <laughs> you're using. Uh, oh, I'd like I'd like to see a, a bony iron side. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, surely you're using a, a casting agent. Oh, I mean, at the moment, this is still we're still very early, you know, early on. So it's just it's just that thing where yeah, people will mention an actor, and and it's funny because people keep going, oh, obviously you're thinking of this actor. Like, well, actually, no, because she's ten years too young, and uh, you've just named the only Aboriginal actor you'd think of, haven't you? Any Dinger. Yeah, and um, uh, but it, it's just that that thing of you know, it, it occurred to me that oh, oh, it wouldn't oh, have occurred you, to us. Could you get David Galpel to play her? Oh, uh, he could play anything. He's Galpel. Yeah, he is. David Galpel was going to play all the parts. Galpel in Esperanto. As long as you can get him on set. Because he, he, he lives very remotely. It's, <laughs> it's very, it's very hard for him to fit through the door in that wheelchair. <laughs> People don't know David Goldblatt is actually 28 feet tall. <laughs> they, they, they use CGI to make him look like the same size as all the other actors. <laughs> but he's very good. He's got a short suit. So, so, you're, so, so you're, you're experiencing this problem. And, and if there well, are no... no, no, no well, not experiencing. It was just that it hadn't even occurred to me to think about it until, until Sophie made that point on the blog. And I was thinking... Actually, I suppose at the very least we should check in case there is some amazing you know, actor working in theatre that we haven't even thought about. Because if people said, oh, but, you know, Samantha made up name would have been amazing for that role and we hadn't even thought about testing yeah, but, her, that but, would be odd. But if you're not even aware of her, I mean, what is there a directory of disabled uh, but, a- Aboriginal actors? But the point that, as Sophie says, if you do have an actor who is paraplegic and doesn't get roles because they're in a chair... And maybe they are great. I don't know. I'm just saying it's interesting. It was an interesting point to suddenly go, well, have you just dismissed the people who, who could do that role? Because, But know. I think I think it's a lot more complicated than just let's all ban Glee because it uh, because that guy can really walk. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, no, I mean, that's why I was just surprised when it got brought up and she suddenly commented. I thought, well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point. And, and kind of finishes off uh, being a fan of the actoring and using a cane, um, which, which is kind of interesting that Hugh Laurie doesn't use a cane. Uh, uh, he does sometimes. And he's English. Oh, he doesn't in real life. Playing an American that does use a cane. Mm-hmm. Surely. Did, I didn't dream that he is going to give up the role because using the cane is actually affecting his walking. Oh, I, I, I don't know that. what you dream. I I'm not that. there. I'm not there when you sleep. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I, I heard Brett's that in real life. Eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and I, I get your point there, Brett. Surely... There are dishevelled American uh, over-the-counter drug addicts with limps who could prescription be drugs. Who, who yes. could be uh, sorry prescription drug addicts yeah. with limps who could be taking that those roles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, uh, uh, there, there is. Uh, I know in dance there there are certainly companies that uh, are for people that aren't uh, fully abled. Is that the way you say it? I know overseas there are there are agencies that um, handle people with missing limbs who are very popular in films because you can you can chop their arms off. You don't have to blue screen them out. For, for action films and things, it's quite common now to get guys oh. who have like a, a limb missing. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, for example, um, we've got one of these guys in, and basically yeah, you put a, a, a fake arm on, and then the characters can actually like you know, rip it off and stuff, and it's all oh it's, that's that's good. It's not special effects, isn't it? It's all it's alive, you know. 
It's cool. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, for for Sophie's benefit, I do, I do want to say as well that one of the few places that uh, that uh, differently abled people that's just it's political correctness gone mad uh, can actually get uh, roles uh, just with their with their disability, and it's not even necessarily written into the script. They're just there, part and parcel. Degrassi, really? Yeah. Degrassi, Degrassi always has uh, has just you know you've got a role you're in a wheelchair all right do the role in the wheelchair is that from Canada it, it, it is Canadian there you go it is mm. Canadian all the Degrassi shows over time always done that what else have we got in the letters Dave, uh, D- David Sidwell uh, wrote in hi hi re freeview slash ABC conflict of interest I think David Sidwell might actually be Kimberly Dalton. <laughs> Might be. I don't know. Just, just saying. Tim Gidgel. Kim, Kim Gidgel. Yes. Gidgel. No, no. David Sidwell. Right. Uh, read the the freeview slash ABC conflict of interest. Thanks for the podcast. I'm no fan of the confusing freeview thing, but so it's it's not. It's it's not. It's Kim not Dalton. Kimberly. No. Uh, but I think their main target is pay TV, Foxtel. Surely the name is a giveaway. Freeview. So assuming that. I can't see the Dalton conflict. I'm on iinet too and use iview, but see it as a catch-up service, not a competitor to ABC free-to-air. I see Freeview as A, branding, akin to your sticker comment. B, a detailed EPG, exact details slash restrictions not defined yet. C, PVRs that call themselves A, see that should actually be I, support, II, but do not skip ads. <laughs> Regards, David. I do hope you weren't reading David's letter out there in a prissy voice deliberately. No, no, no. That's just I my letter. Le- I'm just kidding. Because I, I think you were mocking David after our comments last week about Elmo Keep and the fact that when, when anyone, you know, No, no, no that's, just, that's just my reading voice. Okay, just checking. That's it's, Not responding that's, with sarcasm. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's Not also, doing an Elmo. No, no, no. God, no. Right, just God, checking. No. no, that's just... Uh, that's that's uh, David's point is, is that... Uh, because it's free view, mm-hmm. then uh, its main target is Foxtel. So uh, Kim Dalton may have been speaking as head of ABC TV, may have been speaking as head of Freeview. It uh, doesn't matter because there's no conflict of interest. Because they're both fighting the same to, battle. Yes. But his, his speech was about wanting to have regulation of online content that's provided by whoever in Correct. this country, which the ABC already do, but uh, in, the in, commercial networks haven't been doing. So it's, it's kind of like they haven't put the money into into developing this stuff and he's saying that other people should be held out from being able to do that even though they're willing to put the money into it. Yeah. So so I, I still think I still think the conflict of interest is is there because he is uh, he's talking about cutting out uh, his competition while also trying to improve his competition. Mm. It doesn't make much sense. No. Still, I take your point, David. The EPG has not yet been defined. Also on that is, can we say that we had lots of responses from last week's Craig McLaughlin interview? Everybody loves Craig McLaughlin. I mean, we do. I think we all now... We wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. funny. He, that, that it's, it's amazing how much that man has won over the hearts of Australia. And it's a shame he's such an arsehole. That's my... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and in regards to those, yes, we are hopefully going to be recording part two 
of an interview with Mr. McLaughlin. Part or, uh, two of special. nine. <laughs> Part two of nine. Yes, it will build week by week. Because ha- having, having listened to, to last week's, uh, I, I realised how little we actually covered. Yeah, two in, years. In two years. 89 minutes. 87 to 89 we managed to cover. Did yeah. we actually start talking about TV? Or was it just bitching about Ellen Dale? Uh, yeah, we, we yeah, talked a little bit about Neighbours. And, and, yeah, and Neighbours got in there. There's Mona. more to talk about. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is more yeah. to talk about. Anyway, you can send your letters to hooray at boxcutters.net or use the uh, little button thing that sends you to the contact page that has a form that you can fill out. Josh is uh, just motioning with his head for the uh, video <laughs> podcast viewers. Yeah, imagine that I'm on the website and motioning with my head yep. to a button. Don't, however, imagine that there is a video podcast because there is none. John Richards, yeah. if you were Brett Cropley and yeah. you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? If I was Ooh. Brett Cropley, I'd be watching Man vs. Wild, in which Bear Grylls, he's a real man. He's a, he's a real man. He's not a bear. With a Y. With a Y. Um, not he, Bear with a Y. Grills, grills with a Y. With a y. Not like Lucky Grills. No, like Bear Grills. He parachutes to one of Hawaii's 130 uninhabited surrounding islands, evading toxic coral, highly poisonous jellyfish and sharks as he swims to shore. Yes, sharks. Sharks of the sea. Bear demonstrates how to survive as he spears fish, collects rainwater, builds a shelter and plans his escape from one of humankind's most dangerous destinations. Hawaii! <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it's Matt, let down a bit. Man vs. Wild is uh, is is a very strange show. Very very strange. Show. Did they did they resolve the issue about there were at one point there was some controversy, controversy. about perhaps he was being uh, airlifted out to go and sleep in a in a hotel. Overnight, well, and then like, taken like, back in like the it next was a day. TV show, yeah, like, like it was actually entertainment of some kind. Give, and given that yeah, I don't know how many crew members were around him with the cameras and and uh, audio equipment and directing and uh, runners and first ads and <laughs> you know folly dudes. This yeah, look, I was gonna say uh, uh, just back on the, on the show itself. I think I'm, I'm sure I've seen Bear Grylls and something else, and he's just insane, pleasantly insane. He's so he so enjoys running into danger. Look, yes. danger, and he goes running towards it. Come so on. Is he, is he just the uh, the poor man's English uh, Steve Irwin? No, he's kind of cooler than Steve Irwin, and I suspect a bit sexier from what I remember. But you and, know, I could and be wrong. you know, Steve Irwin never went to actually fight lions with his bare hands. Yeah, armed armed with nothing but a loincloth. But Bear Grylls will. Yeah. Yeah. Bear Grylls. He's nuts. Hey, Brad. Yes. If you were me, what would you be watching this week? This week, I would be watching the Hidden Tiger episode of. The Avengers, which is on Friday on the Nine Network at Channel Nine, nine I believe. Time. Uh, oh, uh, it's, about, it's Friday it's, the twenty seventh. It's actually about one, one, one a.m. So it's, yeah. it's technically Thursday night, I think. I, I did mention too, if I was Brett, I'd be watching that on SBS One on eight thirty-five on Monday, the twenty-third of November. Which is which is as we're recording this. Okay. And and yes, Brett, you're you're entirely right because uh, I, I think the it's interesting that Channel Nine are now showing old episodes of the Avengers. Uh, in in the middle of the night, when I they've think. got an entire other channel, they could put that on twenty four hours a day. Well, it means now that the good stuff can come back to the middle of the night on Channel no, Nine, no, where, where it used to be, where where it's always belonged. Because there's been proud tradition of playing these same eight episodes of the Avengers at, at one o'clock in the morning. And, Nine's always, and I for one yeah. have only seen seven of them. Right, 
Yeah. Mm, exciting. Yeah, one I more. know. I think this is the missing one, but I'm not entirely sure. So, Josh Canal, if you were me, yes. what would you be watching this week? Uh, the Avengers. Yeah, but, you know, what <laughs> oh, else? Sorry, if I was you, I would be trying desperately to get past episode three of The Wire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about The Wire. But also, also, just, you know, something on free-to-air television, I'd be watching the 100th ever episode of Rockwiz. Like others, I'm quite surprised they're only up to 100. It feels like it's been around kind of forever. It feels like a, a you know a, um, an institution in a it, good way. It does. But it they does. only do about three months a year, is that? Like, they, they did a lot of repeats while SBS brought in yeah, their so, advertising within the show. So maybe it feels like it's around, but surprisingly, only 100 episodes so far, and that's, that's this Saturday, 9pm, 28th November. That's shocking. Hey, um, when I cast my pod... It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Hey, John. Yeah? Remember how we were talking about excellent beards before? Yeah, we were. We're saying beardage. Look look to your left. Good heavens, that's a mighty beard. (gasps) And it's sitting on Lawrence Mooney. (laughs) I have uh, trained myself a beard, yes. And I've been congratulated, which is a strange thing. It's like being congratulated for being tall. I've been congratulated (laughs) for full coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Full full coverage is great. Well done, you. And yet... Good, uh, good grooming because you don't have a throat beard. No, I'd had a throat beard up until this morning, and I went to my Russian barber and had the throat beard removed. And uh, what would you like on your um, your beard? And I said the number three comb. And uh, she is very, very good. The Russian barber. This, this became the beard show so gradually. I know, didn't it? I know. It like, started we, off we about television. Uh, there, and I have been likened to Zach Galifianakis. People see you and go one of, There's we, one, one of two or three things they do They go You're the guy from The Hangover Or Ernest Hemingway uh, <laughs> A bit of <laughs> Old Man and the Sea That's nice though isn't it Ernest it? Hemingway But with more of a head Right yes Yes well, uh, my well, I never get Ernest Hemingway I just get Hey fat guy with a beard That's all I ever get Right Yeah Yeah, I should stop saying that. You should. You're a mean man. I I really am. You're more than a fat guy with a beard. But are you a bearded man or a man with a beard? Because I'm the latter. This is not going to be a way of life for me. No, I'm a bearded man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going back. Are you you doing one of those soft cock options of Movember where you just grow the... Because I hate that. I hate that people will grow a beard... For Movember, no, the whole thing yeah, is st- start with a moustache, finish with a moustache. You actually have to shave oh. off. That's the weird thing because I quite yes. like to do Movember, but you actually do have to. You have to promise to go back to nothing at the beginning, and that just terrifies. At me. the end, you mean? No, at the beginning, you, you can't. You, you can't have already have. You have to start oh. from nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and it's not allowed to uh, connect to your sideburns. All oh, right. right, so there's really rigid guidelines oh, yeah. for November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was a lifestyle choice. Uh, I went on my honeymoon. I'm recently married. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Well done. And I, I, I'm hoping to your girlfriend of earlier. Wife. No, no. I, I'm hoping you got married to the woman who was your girlfriend earlier. Yes, I did. Yes, yep. yes congratulations. Just someone randomly that, you know. Well, Because she'd be upset. Essentially, relationships are random. So it was random in the beginning. How do you meet otherwise? Unless, R- I guess R- it, roll a d20 let's yeah, hook up you order off the internet which is still quite random but um, <laughs> we went on our honeymoon for five weeks to Sicily and I was unshaven came back for the wedding and uh, she said keep the beard and I said really? you, you had a pre, pre-wedding honeymoon yeah five weeker you're doing it backwards mate we are I'm Benjamin Button you, you are yeah I'm you getting are. younger 
Was it like a test drive kind of concept? Well, I think there was, you know, some final challenges built into the last five weeks. And How we are we going to know we... that we can go on holidays together after the wedding if we don't go on holidays together before the wedding that and then not go on holidays after the wedding? Well, I don't want to get all romantic on your box-cutting asses, but uh, to, we fully became absorbed in one another through five weeks of spending 24 hours a day together. You just get into this love bubble. And uh, the, nothing, the outside world, the, the pressures of marriage can't penetrate the love bubble. It's made out of a symbiotic type of fluid. Can we have a television show called The Love Bubble? Yeah. Because I think that's genius. Only if it's hosted by your one and only, Jules Lund. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, why are you laughing so... That's that's a because I, I never would have thought of Jules Lund, but it's perfect. Yeah, well, he hosted Australia's Perfect Couple. I mean, you use the word perfect. I think Jules, and uh, it's so all, it's all coming together. Yeah, the love bubble, and the the Good. final people who it's it's in a uh, kind of a house, large perspex bubble, and people are voted out of the love bubble, and then the final people who are in the love bubble, um, we set fire to the perspex and it shrinks on them. And they receive severe burns. Like the old I, twisty I, shrinky. I have yeah. a great idea, though. Based and then on you that, can put it on a key ring. I want to yes. do a big, a big Brother spin-off called Biodome, and it's sealed off, so you have to uh, compete for things like oxygen. You know, mm. It's like you know, oxygen and food have to be kind of brought into the bubble. And you it's have the to, water you challenge. Have to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No water for a week. Let's see how that goes. I, on I, the moon! I, I have a, <laughs> on the moon! Yes. I have a, oh, nice. a, a correction to make from last week. I kept talking about Alan Dale being uh, the the man you get when you can't get Roddy McDowell. I think I actually meant Malcolm McDowell. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought you were just being mean. No, no, no. I actually, I actually meant Malcolm McDowell because the con- concept of if you can't get Roddy McDowell, yeah, you know, as a concept, <laughs> th- there's a whole yeah, there's yeah, a whole yeah. layer in there that yeah, yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, no, but but if you if you can't get uh, Malcolm McDowell, right? You get Alan Dale. That's that that was the point I was I was leading to, and uh, I, I felt very embarrassed after I left. Here and last Roddy week. McDowell was the guy that you would use if you couldn't get Andy McDowell. No, <laughs> no. Who was Lawrence Olivier's uh, American boyfriend? The pestle and the vessel. Oh, Danny Kay. Then if you couldn't get Danny Kay, you'd use Roddy R- McDowell. R- Roddy McDowell. Yeah. Which Danny Kay was originally up for that uh, mm. that, that that role uh, in. Uh, Planet of the Apes. I feel really sorry for Roddy McDowell now. He just seems so low on the now, list. Okay, uh, what's his his? Come here on boats, and we treat them so badly. I think he was, wasn't he? I yeah, think yeah. He's, he's the good ape. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was the good ape, Cornelius. Can I throw some TV stuff in? Just yeah. you know, if that's all right between the bids and the films. Sure. Um, I mentioned earlier that Oprah has quit, and I wanted to quickly read out this piece from the Hollywood Sentinel dot com's Bruce Edwin. He's quoted here as a film producer, talent manager, and publisher of the Hollywood Sentinel, um, explaining why Oprah has quit. It's mad. Oh yes. There are two things you need to know about Oprah in order to understand Oprah. First of all, Bruce Edwin states, Oprah likes to be in control of any project. And why wouldn't she? Secondly, she's making this decision from a grounded, logical perspective and also from an ever more advanced, intuitive place. 
25 is a magic number for her to complete, according to biblical numerology, Bruce mm. Edward continues. The study of numbers from a perspective of the Bible, the number 25 ushers in redemption and divine grace from God. Oprah is moving into the final stage of her life, and this move will only make her more valuable as a host on television. Absence of greatness increases its power in the hearts and minds of those who deem it so, and of course, Oprah is a great, wonderful human being. That just boosts my uh, love of humanity. Does it? Does Question. It? Yeah. By the time she finishes, isn't it going to be 26? Shut up. Biblical numerology. Uh, uh, speaking of things uh, finishing up. That's right. Uh, set your VCRs, people, because uh, the last show is 2011 for Oprah. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I would, sure. try to, I would try to set it on my Fox Hill. I really but, hope uh, she'll tie up all the loose ends. I'd hate to think that there'll still be plot points left over and mm. we'll be there going, no, hang on, what was the smoke monster? Just please Brett. tell us what happened in Lost. No, Brett, Lawrence, Brett. Have, you, uh, have you had any, the phone call yet uh, from Ding Dong about uh, having the reunion show, given that uh, it's looking like 9am's going? Uh, I've heard from Inside the Beast that 9am is not going. Oh. Um, I've heard there might be a cast change at 9am, but... Uh, well, I, I well, heard that I heard that David was leaving. Yeah, David, 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 that's going. I think that's an open secret, but... Uh, no, it's been announced. Announced, yeah. yeah. I was trying to make it special <laughs> by saying open secret. No, but now everybody's saying that Kim's in trouble and that the entire show's going to go. Oh, look, they're probably looking at the complexion of the show, and if I was Kim, yeah, you'd be worried if... Uh, all of a sudden, one of the hosts goes. They love to, you know, a new broom sweeps clean. But I, I love her. I think she's great. I think oh, she's, she's uh, talented and smart. And uh, some of the things that however, television isn't. However, sitting sitting next to David Rain for that that many years, it's not very hard to look talented and smart. I've uh, <laughs> I've had my shot at morning television with Ding Dong, and uh, I did two years, and I'd, all the time I was there I thought, this isn't really me, and I don't think I'd willingly jump back into it. The amount of what, what advertising about, in it is yeah. just... What about Channel 9 Sports reporting? Brain deadening. I'd, uh, uh-huh, yes. On the news or on, on a panel? On the, on the news? No, I, I couldn't do that. There's an opening at Channel 9. Uh, Grant, Grant Hackett apparently leaving. Yeah. Uh, and and what about uh, hosting a, a clip show or having Magda Zhabansky just... Uh, announce clips of you, mm, Mad- Magda Zabansky and the the Spearman Project. Yes, I missed that. I was in Sicily. Right, it's one of the you missed watching it. That is the best excuse. I didn't realise it was a heard. choice. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have been in Sicily yeah. growing a beard. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode two hundred and four. Lawrence does it, have to go and it, do a radio show. I'm, he does. Uh, I'm uh, wondering does. whether I'm going to get a chance to be in here f- at the end. Uh, you know you will. Yeah, well, let's make a plan so I can give you my list for 2009. Okay, let's say yes, you Okey will. Doke. Thank you so much to Lawrence Mooney for, uh, for popping in. That's a pleasure. Uh, you know, upon, upon request. On the spur of the moment. On the spur of the moment. Yep. And uh, also thank you very much to Craig McLaughlin. For, uh, for giving us uh, inform- uh, content for this week's show. Yeah, yes, Thanks, we, for, for letting us do last week's show this week. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you want to email us, all those details are at the end. Get in touch with us. We like being touched by you. And, uh, and also, if you want to touch us even more, then uh, you can always just uh, give us a little bit of money. You can find those subscribe buttons on the blog at boxcutters.net. Oh, okay. I thought you were about prostitution. No, 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 no. I was trying to. I was trying to make it sound like prostitution. They did. It did. But, the, but it, yeah. did, it didn't sound like it was anything other than prostitution. Right. No, no. no it is. I thought you were just saying we we're prostitutes. No, no. no. This is the uh, secret diary of a podcaster. <laughs> Until next week. My name is Josh Kanahal. I'm Joe Richards. 
I'm Lawrence Mooney. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Auf Wiedersehen. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Boxcutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458-288-837. That's 0458-CUTTER. And this is this is Brett. Brett, this is that little bit at the end where John tells us about a fat droid. A fat, a fat droid. droid. Yeah. So t- tell us about a fat droid. You said I've got a fat droid. I want to tell you about it. Uh, well, I, I said factoid. The reason wasn't even a factoid. It, it just cuts back to something we were talking about before. It being, of course, Doctor Who Day, as we mentioned. Uh, naturally. And you're talking about flash playing and, and other ways of TV stations. The BBC is now actually putting up full episodes of Doctor Who on YouTube for for people to legally watch wow of, of classic doctor who um but curiously due to weird copyright laws the the ones available in the uk are different to the ones available not in the uk but uh, but it does mean you can legally that, that sounds like a hole in the space-time continuum it is a bit weird but legally you can go to youtube now look for the bbc channel you can watch uh, i think the dominators the worst ever story with patrick troughton in it for free legally oh, so just that one story there's one for each doctor oh nice yeah hi this is pete smith You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.